Welcome to this uh, Jesus Walks podcast uh, about discipleship. Today it's uh, Martin and me here. As you can see, Martin is he he is uh, outside because of some um, special event uh, in his family that he needed to be present on. So today, Martin and I, we will, we will do it. So, but that's a joy. So today it's discipleship again. Uh, I just wanted to thank people who, who joined for this uh, live webinar we did on identity recently, which was uh, like really, really encouraging to do together. So we might have to try to set up some more of those where we can interact more like on a, uh, live with questions answers and it was really good how was your uh, experience martin of it yeah it was um it was both uh, fun uh, gathering people from i think five different countries <clears throat> uh, and um but also have having this kind of teaching and a bit of a conversation about the, the topic i i um, yeah i think that's something mm. that we could do again on in in different on different oh. topics. I also just want to mention that Martin is uh, he's writing a book on shame. And uh, so we've been going a bit into those things about like shame, fear, guilt, and the gospel into that and how different cultures are affected by different traits of those uh, kind of problems that sin causes. And it's, um, yeah, it's really been opening up something. And I think we're going to come back to that more in depth, in depth about our identity and to get free, you know, that Jesus will give us freedom for whatever are the biggest problems. Uh, yeah, Martin, uh, shortly about the, the book project from you. Uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, it's a bit connected to, to today's theme. So I think I will uh, get back to it later on with because I have a challenge in the book project that's related to today's topic. But uh, okay. uh, but it's good. I uh, yeah. I. Um, I have a. Um, I did a commitment with a friend who writing with, and and to write five hundred words a day. Uh-huh. So we started first first of April, um, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit over two thousand words, twenty thousand words now. So it's um, probably the first draft is ready in a month or so. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I just actually myself handed in. Uh, like yeah, a master's thesis just like the hour before we went live here now and it kind of connects to the um, talk, topic of today um, because it's it's about the theoretical versus practical approach to discipleship that we're going to talk about today and and what i wrote this paper on was a, a man called Hans Nielsen Hauge who is like this uh, revival leader in Norwegian history and also an entrepreneur of a lot of businesses all over the country. Um, and uh, he was both like a mystic, but he also was uh, super practical. And that pra- practical side is, is what we're going to turn to a bit today about discipleship. And so as, a, as an introduction to that, um, we have touched it before that, that uh, we have, I think it's right to say, Martin, that we have a challenge in our culture in Europe, that is that we are very much into knowledge uh, about um, reading books, listening to sermons. If you're uh, if you're in a Christian environment, 
going to conferences, you know, working on workbooks and making plans and like having many answers and having much knowledge. But then on the other side, sometimes the practical expression of that is not as strong or, or maybe more right to say that it's not as much in focus in a way. So, so for example, Jesus's words about um, serving people in secret without telling anybody or giving without telling anybody like, uh, and really living it out. Um, sometimes it seems we are a little bit like almost like blind and we don't see that we are not really living out the things we say that we believe somehow. Martin, you, you have the same type of feel about this? Yeah, definitely. And and I I know a friend who, who put it like this, that um, the important thing when you die isn't how many Bible verses you know. It's, uh, it's how many Bible verses have you lived out. And I think that really sums up the the challenge in this, because we are a lot of knowledge-based um, uh, cultures where it's knowing mm. that is uh, interested, but uh, how to apply it. We, we, we don't really have the tools for that. Uh, I, I think, for example, in, in, yeah. in education, it, we have a lot of... Um, if you just go to university... Most of our university educations, they aren't into uh, doing an actual work. It's a preparation um, for further studies at university, being a, uh, uh, being a professor or doing research and, and so on. It's very few of the, if you look at the university, very few of the, of the um, mm. um, courses there that are practical it's it's just on a theoretical level yeah. and i think uh, it, yeah. it it it's uh it's a good uh, uh yeah we, we can see that all over in our societies that it's a lot about the knowledge mm. i agree i really agree I, i've been um, pondering and talking with with my wife leva about this about the educational system and thinking about the years that we've been in school right and um and it is really theoretical the learning is very uh theoretical in its essence and uh unless you choose on a higher kind of level to go into studying for a special occupation you know like becoming like a, a mechanic or like a nurse or you know something very specific if you go on in the university system after your first initial like 12 years of school it it keeps going a lot in in an academic type of style and um, a lot of reasoning right a lot of reasoning and a lot of thinking and and it's something i like you know personally in in a sense but but i i think it what we usually think is that we we um, can trace it a bit back to greece to athens to the greek culture um is it correct, you think? That's what we say, right? The Greek yeah. culture, the Greek thinking. Yeah, and that it that it differ a bit from the Hebrew uh, thinking where, where um, knowing is applying. You can't separate it uh, in the Hebrew culture, but you, when, you, when you go to the Greek culture, it's, uh, it's two diff- very different things about knowing something and then doing it. Yeah. It's um, two different subjects, so to say. 
yeah, that, that, that's what we assume. We might have, you know, we might be wrong in some some ways about that, but that's how it seems to us. And and even the academia and how it's been inspired by the Greek uh, culture and the universities and how they've evolved in later centuries uh, are a bit like that. So, but as for as for Hebrew thinking, we got an example when we were in Israel not so long ago by our friend Yevgeny, and he said. To our surprise, in a sense, that he said that sometimes uh, probably you guys laugh a bit about Peter, the disciple Peter, because sometimes he speaks, he kind of blurs out with some things to say, or he he does something, draws a sword, or you know, like wants to walk on water, and it's and then it's like a bit wild, <laughs> you know. And sometimes we in the West or in the North um, maybe smile a bit, uh, but then about Paul, we often think that wow, Paul, you know, like he had so much knowledge and understanding and his letters are you know vivid and deep and but peter you know or or, or jacob james maybe more like simple and practical in a way right uh, but actually evgeny said that in a sense they they look upon peter as the greatest example of a disciple mm. which is contrary in a sense to yeah. us and the reason was because he was a doer mm. Because he acted on what Jesus said. He didn't wait and think and discuss and go many, many rounds or years, but he really, he did something. Mm. And then he re- rather needed to learn and be corrected on the way, right? But uh, that was, for me was an like, eye-opening. Yeah. But isn't it also so that uh, one, we, we can blame our, our education system or, or our culture of, of more... Uh, we like it theoretically and, and it's uh, the knowledge part, but isn't it also so mm. that that's also quite smooth way of, of handling Jesus teaching? Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of it yeah, is, is so challenging. I'm so it's, be- it's better to just know it than trying to apply it. Uh, mm. And because um, when he says, those of you who have two shirts, give one to the one who doesn't have one. That's, you, mm. don't need, you don't need to study that in, in the university to understand the implication, but it's extremely mm. hard to live according yeah. to it. Yeah. So I, I think, isn't it that we also, that's like the, the natural way when we read these kind of challenges to just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, think about them instead of trying to act because the acting is so challenging. And especially if we are into the culture of it and, and so on. Or we can write books or master's theses. Yeah, about it. <laughs> Actually, I, I, had, uh, I heard a, a quite funny um, example about this. Uh, that, that is, is uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's to the point about it. And it's, uh, it was a dad who says like this. If I tell my, my daughter, go upstairs and clean your room, uh, she doesn't need to, to gather a small group and uh, having prayer meetings about what should that mean. Yeah. Or they don't need to, to study every single word, go upstairs and clean your room. Mm. And think about what's the original of this English word, room. What does the room mean or clean? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, especially uh, the translations uh, from a yeah, different language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is room in Swedish <laughs> and Norwegian and how does it differ from the English room? Or maybe and how, how did it look? How big was it? Like, yeah. yeah, and the cleaning part. What exactly does your father mean by cleaning when he says it? 
Uh, was it literal? Was yeah. it symbolic? Yeah, it and cool? and how much? Um, yeah, is it? And, um, and if it was symbolic, then maybe we don't have to do it, right? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and he he, but I think that's it, it's an extremely it's extremely challenging, but it's also uh, um, it's quite painful because this addresses a lot how we are um, how we are. Uh, yeah, how we are trying to apply or what we are doing after reading a Bible verse. Yeah. That's, uh, it's more about discussing it or trying to, to look behind all layers. And of course, they are, it's, they are often layers. So it's yeah. not just... Uh, but um, yeah. the first basic layer we, we often uh, yeah, forget about or don't care about. How do you feel about being a, a preacher uh, in the midst of, of this? Uh, like, you know, because a preacher, you know, speaks, maybe gives an example. And then we have this challenge we're talking about in our own lives. Like, Martin, how do you, do you sometimes feel a bit of attention and a, some insecurity or like reverence on this? Uh, you mean that I'm uh, I'm not applying the the verses that I'm trying to preach about? Yeah, more like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and and I think uh, yeah, I think we we as preachers need to be uh, really honest about that. It's a challenge, and that we are we are in the same boat of uh, trying to apply. So it's not that I am living this out and now you should do it, but it's more that Christ is uh, is challenged us all in, yeah. in uh, how to follow him. Yeah. But I think also that the, the whole mm. preaching setting is a bit difficult because the preaching setting is, is best for uh, um, giving on knowledge. It's not a, a great... Uh, um, setting for how to change your how you live your life so it's also yeah. that our setting is is uh, creating this culture of of knowing but that challenges our whole way of being and doing church so to say it is if you if you look upon jesus uh, and yeah. then you look upon our our way of church our way of religion i've been pondering lately um Especially after, like I have a, a friend, um, he's in a different country, but he had a very, very deep experience with, with God uh, and God's love for him and, and, and his identity being restored. And he, he suddenly saw that he had been doing things out of the wrong motives because there was something lacking inside of him, his life, you know. And this is the case in, I think, all of our lives to, to, to various degrees and uh, if we're not aware of it, then we probably are even more affected, <laughs> you know. But 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 he ended up so free in terms of like really, let's just be natural, you know. Let's live with God, relate to Him, let's love people, not make mm. disciples or preach the gospel to them or something. Have a have a project or even to have a project of establishing a church or you know, but just like. It was very, very simple. So, and it was just like, I just want to live out this in a natural relational way, you know. And we and I started to ponder about the the more like kind of religious system of our day, in a sense, 
because I mean, Jesus walking around with his friends, the the, the Talmudim, the disciples, and how they did life together. It's uh, it is something something very relational and natural, mm. and in the ma- middle of everyday life, right? Mm. Um, you have any reflections, Martin, on this? But yeah, I often come back to to the the interesting point with Jesus that he he had all these crowds of people that he were able to preach to, yeah. And he he never seek that, or, or he never had that as a strategy. It was never that he said, "Yeah, come tomorrow, I will preach here." So it was that people came, and he he was filled by compassion, and then he he ministered to them by by healing the sick or and and preaching and so on. But yeah. always he he after that go away with the twelve or maybe just the three. They're going sometimes into the like the desert area, so people won't find them. And he says, "Yeah, now we want, to, now we need to be, to be for ourselves for a while, because he's uh, he's not uh, into the the passing on knowledge. He's he's um, he's trying to, yeah, it's it's a transformation of it's both um, passing on a life and yeah, soul life. and actions and everything. Yeah." And it's also interesting that sometimes it starts with uh, some kind of teaching, but often it's also that they are doing this stuff, and then he talks about it afterwards. Yeah, um, that, I actually love that. Uh, I've I've shared about it on the podcast here earlier on, on this like Jesus walks, um, you know, focus that we have that we want to learn from Jesus. Mm. And, and his way of doing things and become more like him. That's that's our kind of vision with this, our longing in our heart for our own lives. And so the, the times when I've experienced seeing something of God's kingdom advance or, or meeting a need that was so big in a human's life that I didn't fully know what to do. or And then you go to the Bible mm. and, and look, what does it say? What does Jesus say about this? You know, we pray, ask the Holy Spirit or we discuss with each other like and it's real right it's a, it, you're in the middle of what's happening it's not a it's not a theoretical scenario or something like it's um it's so good so I, sometimes i wonder like uh, and, and yeah sometimes i wonder why, why we don't do it more you know because that when we move out and we act on jesus's word that's for me personally when i really find life and i feel the life of god in me somehow like if i get to like like yeah, for example yesterday i i had an experience of of, uh, of talking with uh, two different people two guys um in different places in the city that that i i um that i don't know um the first was we we went with my my wife and her sister and our daughter as well to this place where we could uh, grow some things there's like they have this place you can grow things and like this agricultural uh, site in the city and it's a beautiful view overlooking the 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 seaside amazing up in the nature here in bergen and then the guy that was uh, heading and and kind of organizing the place very nice guy like he we started to talk and there was no plan but it just ended up like this type of conversation about life and 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 he was asking and asking you know like this hunger to to know uh, what has happened in my life right and and, and and later on the day there was the, on a cafe just a bar like a, a barista right where we had also a conversation in a bit of a similar way and 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 it feels like this this life somehow 
you know, um, and it's natural. And and I sometimes wonder why that doesn't become so attractive to us, so that we step out of the the religious bubble and start to touch the people, and and go to where the needs are in a sense more than what we do like. But do you understand what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and I think that. Uh, isn't one challenge here that in order to do so we need a lot of people who can train other people into discipleship and we, we, Expl- we explain Martin yeah, what do you we, mean by that but if you look at the, the typical church um, yeah. yeah the typical church in, in, in Europe is between 80 and 120 people that's yeah. the typical size um, and uh, they have one pastor uh, that are employed, mm. uh, maybe someone more ad- administrative or musician or children's work or something, but it's, it's mm. mainly one pastor or maybe one and a half, something like that. Uh, that is, is supposed to... <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is uh, supposed to, to uh, yeah, help the hundred people in discipleship and in that kind of mm. structure you can't really do it mm. as Jesus does it practically mm. um, then you need to do it on uh, you must scale it up you can't have that relationship you must go more oh. on on, uh, on passing on information mm. um, and uh, you can you can probably develop some things better than other because uh, now mm. we are are uh, talking about discipleship as like uh, sharing our faith or serving the poor but it's we, one part of discipleship yeah. is prayer or fasting or whatever and mm. i think that those things we could in that kind of setting we could evolve quite quite good because that's in our own building or in our own setting we mm. can have a prayer night Hmm. But it's very difficult to go outside and pray for the sick in the city when you are uh, in that kind of setting. So oh. you, you could evolve and, and be quite good in, in discipleship things that are able to do uh, in your own building, so to say, and that it's possible to do in a, in a, hmm. in a bigger group. But I, I think that that also um, affects our way of discipleship that our our structure yeah. is like that. yeah yeah we've tried in 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 uh, influx as a like family of churches and people to to um to look to the biblical model and to set in more people in leadership and not only like have one um and and you know like the biblical model of of these elders and also with the apostles you also had these teams who were ministering together with, with oh. several different people together so you don't find the one right but then but the the question like um, are you the pastor that that keeps coming up right so yeah. and and of course the leadership uh, in our culture i think is also something that what we are used to and and that there's a need for somebody to have this authority for the church as an example and it's not that's not bad at all really but but it is very good if it can become broader, both in thinking leadership with more people, because it also shows that it's not about one pastor, right? It's not supposed to be, uh, but it's ultimately, of course, about everybody. 
And and I mean, we are all just people following Jesus, right? Yeah. They, I mean, it's it's. A, I think it's a deception to think that the, some pastor or leader or something is super different than everybody else oh. and has a super different responsibility than everybody else. Like, what if we could just be one big group of disciples with a longing to follow Jesus and learn it together and serve the poor, you know, like that, that everybody feels the same type of responsibility in a sense. And, and then of course people have different gifts and callings and, and that's how Jesus has done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good thing. But I think one, one, one big issue here is that we are, if we know talk generally we are, we as churches are creating much more consumer christians than anything else uh and i think a, a very good example of that is that uh, a lot of pastors are supposed to go around and have um like devotions on elderly people's home uh so they are they're going to these elderly people home once a week because they are because they are couple from the church that are now li- living there mm. so now the pastor must come there as well they can't come to church so now the pastor comes there mm. and and in a way that's that, that might be nice but it's also quite interesting that these are people in their late 80s they've been in church for maybe 60 years but they they mm. they still need someone to come and share god's word for them they mm. haven't got the tools to because i would say in the ideal world those three uh, 80 80 plus people they will have the devotions among the others they but they have they need oh. to be trained over those yeah. decades nice. uh, in order to to create a christian um, fellowship at the elderly people home but mm. but we have uh, we are making them consumers so they are still paul is talking about this that that you are you are having like um, uh children's food i don't know the english proper name but but you should you should eat proper food but now you're you still need yeah. uh, children's food and i think that's uh, that's how we are creating a lot in in our culture yeah. unfortunately yeah I, but i think a, a longing that i know that both you and i have martin is that Deep inside, there is this longing to live out this life that Jesus is showing us. And and, and deep inside, the longing is not really to, to sit in the office or to be very busy with planning or leadership meetings or uh, a lot of work things that kind of take us away maybe from, from relating to God and to people and, and being out there where where things happen in a sense um and and it's i think it's that i mean i'm bringing up this also because you mentioned about the church and one pastor and i, and I think it's a it's very easily happens also with with christian leaders that the, there are so many needs right mm. it becomes so many things to do and and uh, and then it's also in this mindset of europe today it's also um it's difficult to prioritize the things of the bible i have a friend like yeah uh, Johannes, uh, he's uh, like um, a really close friend, and and also we have done things together for many years. And and he once was asked to join like this leadership board of a church, and and also to 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 work there. They asked him, and then and then he actually said to them that 
yes, I'm willing to do that. I've been praying and asking God, if I can spend 50% of my time in prayer and in the word of God, uh, then I can do it, you know. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting because it brings up this this perspective on w- what is important, right? Mm. And and do we have time? Do we believe that these things are important, or and to to go out together with some other believers and go and minister to people like Jesus did, for example, right? And teach and train people in the practical runnings of ministry and of being there with the gospel and. Mm. Uh, at least I know for me that there's like what I'm trying to move towards is to to keep being out on the road with Jesus in a sense, and also to do it together with with others together. And then it's also what I have been seeing in your life, Martin, uh, over the last few years. And it's a it's a it's actually an amazing opportunity. Also, when you don't when you're not so busy and you don't have so much responsibility. Because it's this amazing possibility to to just to walk with Jesus in this way. But isn't it also this is something where it, where it uh, really comes uh, be, become uh, counterculture for us? Because we like things that we could um, uh, uncheck on a to do list. Uh, oh. We have we have had this meeting. I've I've sent ten emails, but mm. uh, taking time in. Um, yeah, in prayer, or just being out and uh, being led by the Spirit to a conversation. That's so hard to... A lot of us are feeling that we're wasting our, our time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mm. think that we also, like, automatically uh, turns into this uh, uh, more practical, physical way of measuring uh, tasks yeah. yes yeah, totally. and that's why uh that's why we we get so challenged about what johannes uh, offered because mm. we know in in if we heard about it from for example if you heard that yeah the leaders in the church in china he takes uh, half of his his time in prayer and and the bible read and we said yeah amen and uh, <laughs> that that should be awesome we i wish we yeah. could do that here in norway you know <laughs> yeah. but then when the board actually gets the question <laughs> we said ah oh, we have so yeah. many things you should do and yeah mm. we have the youth group and then the administrative mm. stuff so i think this is um this is <laughs> it's quite funny but it's also yeah. prob- probably crucial for us yeah it's it's interesting. I think the also the thing we mentioned about uh, busyness and uh, and that we want to measure productivity from what we do and these things. I think we we can return to that in a later podcast. I think about busyness and because I think it's very important and it relevant for our lives. And and I've been studying and trying to get into that mainly because of my own life. And I think that's something many of you guys who are listening and watching. Uh, know from your own life so we will return to that but just to try to wind up a bit today um to in order to, to get into this practical way of discipleship to to be a doer of the word as it says um, instead of just having knowledge about it and, and ability to talk about it I, I just one lesson i was thinking about and that has probably been Perhaps the most important for me, and that was when bro- when kind of God broke in and 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 touched my life, and I understood that I live in front of one. You know, I'm living in front of one, and that is God. That 
that he's the one I I'm living in front of, and he's the one I want to obey and please, and and I want, you know, I want to 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 just to be a joy to him that I am alive, that I am here on this earth, and 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 with that dimension becomes strong, and you really believe, and you understand that this is true, you know. Uh, then you also don't have to live for the expectations of all kinds of people and needs from all over the place that is coming there. And then also that when you live it out, you don't have to tell people about it because you're not living for that anyway, right? Uh, but when you have these pressures of society and people and your own mind and culture and everything, and that defines you and that takes over your priorities, uh, I find it difficult, much more difficult. To, to follow that path that I really want in my heart. But uh, yeah, I agree. And I also think that fear is a, is a big issue there because uh, a lot of the things that Jesus is challenging us, uh, is, it's our fear that comes uh, in the way. Uh, in what like, way, uh, Martin? Yeah, but I, for example, uh, Jesus is meeting the outcast yeah uh and and i see outcast uh, people all around me but it it's uh, it's so easy with the fear of everyone else mm. uh, I, I i i for example if you see homeless people and you feel that yeah i want to i want to talk and and uh, and they're often sitting on the on the on the street and if yeah. you sit down beside them uh you will have all people's eyes on you. And for, for a lot of us, that fear is hindering us. If, if the homeless one would be alone outside in the woods, it w- wouldn't be a problem at all to sit down and talk to him. But now he's sitting here on the main street in Gothenburg, and then the fear kicks in. Mm. Uh, and uh, other, I think a lot of us have, have had a feeling that God is, is, uh, is giving us some kind of word for another person on a train for example or something but the fear of of uh, interrupting that that people's life and being wrong or uh, yeah that kind of, that uh, all those kind of fears uh, prevents us from uh, from doing what we are think that god is calling us uh, mm. or uh, maybe quitting our our daytime our our day to day um, job because God is calling us into something else, but yeah. we are fear about what will happen with the with the with the bills, so yeah. we don't quit the job. So I think that the fear yeah. kicks in all over the place. But yeah. also, uh, as just uh, before we end, I think that we need to come back because these these areas will be more and more difficult for us because. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I get more and more emails, I guess, every day. I think everyone else is also that. Uh, and text messages and uh, Snapchat and whatever. You have all those information channels. You, you, could, you could fill your day just by mm. connecting with people. So right. if you just go back 100 years, it was, I guess, so much easier because you, you, you couldn't travel. You couldn't get all these uh, connections. You were more based where you were. So... Now, yeah. with these possibilities that we have, you also have, uh, you need to get much more boundaries in your life in order to, yeah. to sustain. And I yeah. think uh, 
uh, that's a challenge and that's something that we need to get back to yes it is um also want to encourage people uh, with the advice of um, going to israel in terms of this theoretical practical issue because when you get there it's all over you like uh, it's all around you you notice the way people think and act that it's just like this dur mentality it's very very interesting it's so proactive it's like uh, it's so powerful because it just moves you know it reacts it responds it is proactive it and i think it, if you read the bible and you are in that context of that culture it that is the fastest way to learn it i believe and to get healing for this divide between theoretical and practical this dualism that is not from the bible we believe because we believe that a living faith should show itself in action right it should be one it shouldn't be two and that's that's part of the problem um and uh, also i'd like to strike like uh, a bit of a support uh, outcry for also when it comes to education if you yourself are, are studying or you have uh, children who are going to go to school for example i would advise you to start to think how can i make my education much more practically oriented you know how can i be trained for life instead of being trained for an exam and i mean so so uh this is maybe also something we can get back to later but uh, i think the school system problem even if there are many blessings with the school system uh, there's so much we can do with the time we've received from god there are so many people to learn from and um and we need to learn about life. We need to learn about uh, marriage and work and finances and relationships. You know, there are many, many super important areas in life that are not covered in the curriculum at, at the school. Yeah. So um, it's, of course, you know, the closer family's responsibility in a sense and also the Christian community. But uh, there is a vast opportunity in this area that I want to mention. Any closing words, Martin, before we go, go off here? Yeah, we hope Marxis is back next week so we can uh, keep yeah. track of it so we don't go over time too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he will probably be back. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, but it was nice. It was good. Very good. Very interesting topic. We could talk much more on it. So, uh, But uh, thanks for listening and watching uh, today and we will see you in a week, probably. Bye.